All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What BR. Today we have two special guests with us today from the Baton Rouge Ballet Theater. One is Molly Bookman. Hey, Molly, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, and we have Christine Perkins as well. Christine, how is it today? Hi, it's great. Awesome. Well, you guys, for anybody who just missed it, we went too quick. We're Stay with us. We're Baton Rouge Ballet Theater, and we've got a bunch of updates, you know, for you. We've got some events, believe it or not, you know, that are out there still. We've got some history to cover, where things are, where things have been. So just to dive in, you know, Molly, you know, can you give us, for anybody who does not know, Baton Rouge Ballet Theater, you know, what is it, you know, where sure. is it, that type sure. Sure. Well, the Baton Rouge Ballet Theater has been serving the Baton Rouge community since 1960. So we've been around quite a long time. And we are a nonprofit organization that uh, creates a dance company for the city of Baton Rouge. And our mission is to foster a professional dance quality in any way that we can by maintaining the dance company, by doing outreach activities, community engagement activities, uh, by bringing guest companies and guest artists to the city. And we've been doing that for a long, long time. Like any other arts organization, um, like every arts organization, we cannot, we don't survive on uh, ticket sales alone. People think they buy a ticket to the Nutcracker and that keeps us going. But in fact, it doesn't. What the symphony or the opera or the theater make, it never uh, covers the entire organization and all of its community engagement activities. So um, we are a, an organization that is run by a board of directors who are charged with raising funds for us to keep going and to keep us bringing dance, not just to the people who can buy tickets, but to the entire community. And so that's when we are making our decisions about what to do, we're not making our decisions based on what will sell the most, what will sell the most tickets, what will make the most money, because we're not a for-profit organization. We make our decisions based on what is best for dance in the community, what will get the most dance out there for the most people. And it, so it makes your whole process different. Yeah, a different way of looking at it. So, yeah, that's interesting. I bet a lot of people didn't realize, you know, from the nonprofit, you know, side of things is, does that make it, you said, you know, during these times, obviously everybody's, you know, financially, you know, we're dealing with, you know, COVID, it makes it harder. You guys probably have yet to have anyone on the show that had a pandemic plan, you know, that had, you know, this is what was going to happen. You know, everybody knows what happens or they've got an idea like the server goes down if we lose power, you know, this happens or nobody expected for like a complete shutdown. And I'm assuming you guys had to shut down, you know, in yeah. the early phases, correct? We did. The first thing we had to do was shut down and cancel our activities from last spring, which not only were performances and the youth ballet summer tour, which goes out for free to libraries and nursing homes and community centers all over several parishes. But we also had to, um, cancel our major fundraising event, which was Dancing in the Mansion, which would have been at the end of March. So we lost not only the opportunity to perform, but we also lost the opportunity to raise some funds. So it has been a busy summer of, of taking care of those, trying to take care of those things, to reschedule things, to figure out how we can reschedule them, uh, but also to ma manage to keep our dancers dancing because you, you're not a dancer if you're not dancing. You, you cannot stay in shape unless you're dancing. So mm -hmm. 
people like Christine and our other teachers were so valuable in getting, we started doing Zoom classes. The ballet is, uh, does not run a profit-making school, but we do have a school, the Dancers Workshop, that we work with that is the home of the Banner's Ballet. So they were able to uh, create the Zoom classes, which we're still doing in some cases. Isn't that right, Christine? Yes, yes, we have uh, the live classes happening and the Zoom. So we have a Zoom at the front of the classroom and we teach the students and whoever's able to join us by Zoom too. So it's, it's um, you kind of have to multitask, you know, and teach in a very different way. But, um, but it's good for those kids who, who don't feel comfortable yet coming back to the studio or maybe can't for other reasons. So we, uh, we're real happy to be able to accommodate everyone. And, and because part of our mission is not just putting dance on the stage, but it's giving opportunities to dancers and making sure that there is a place in Baton Rouge for the next generation of dancers to train and get professional opportunities. So the ballet spends a lot of time doing that, bringing in um, major ballet companies to have auditions for summer programs uh, by belonging to Regional Dance America, which helps provide scholarships for all these dancers. So that's an important part of what we do. But when we could bring the dancers back, we had to bring them back in a very safe way. So everything is different at the studio than it was before. The parents have to walk their kids to the door. They can't come in. We ask the dancers to, to come dressed and go straight to class. We have, they all wear masks. We have them standing in areas where they're always six feet apart. And one of the big thing that's talked about in the dance community right now is we don't do, for the, in a lot of cases, we don't do Grand Allegro because that has dancers um, traveling through the airspace where that, that's a big combination at the end of class where you travel a lot. And it has dancers traveling through the airspace that other people have just traveled through. So there's the whole sort of thing, a whole number of things that go on. And we've been very uh, busy learning about all of this, attending the Doctors for Dancers, um, right, Christine? Yeah. The doctor, Doctors for Dancers, where they teach us all about mask wearing and how to have the safest classes. So there's a great deal out there. And Regional Dance America, which is the organization that we belong to, also provides a lot of information. So we have a lot of support as far as helping us do this carefully and safely. You, you lost me when you said that garage door word, something about <laughs> leaping, I don't know what. Okay, well, it's, it's Grand Allegro. You know, you know, I'm sure you know this, that, that ballet sort of originated in France. It started in Italy, but it sort of grew up in France. And so the, the names of the steps that we do are all French words. They're, they're not... Uh, not Cajun French. French words. What? <laughs> not Cajun French. It doesn't not sound Cajun like. French. Although I will say this, I believe it helps a young ballet student in Louisiana has a head start because you understand some of those words already, like grand and petite. And you know, there are lots of them. Anyway, the word I used was grand allegro, which means big fast. So it's a big fast combination. Sounds like a big allergy pill to me now that I'm hearing it. <laughs> so I need to get educated a little bit more. I need Christine to teach me something here. We'll be happy to. That's what we do. So, That's what we so Christine, do. how are classes, you know, going over there? You've got, you know, your your back doors are open, obviously. Which, you know, parents aren't making it in. But you've got, you know, the kids are coming in, separating out. Is it... The kids need this stuff. I think the interaction, they're, they're, they're craving, you know, to see, you know, I remember, you know, I, I still, you know, my kid back in school, 
but before they were back in school, they were like, oh, I got to, they were excited because they got to see somebody in real life. You know, it was the, you know, conversations we kept hearing. Right, right. At first, those, uh, the Zoom classes, we would have 25 kids on the Zoom screen and you're, and of course, you know, they're very small little heads, sometimes just the feet. Um, so it was really hard to teach by that, that by that method. Um, but at first they were really excited and they would all wave at each other. And then, you know, you could see they were growing, had Zoom fatigue and they just wanted to get back to the studio. So when we did reopen, they were just so happy. It was just so wonderful to be able to move a little bit more in space and to see your friends. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to keep everybody reminded that, you know, we're still so we're still distancing. Um, there's, there's like Molly said, there's, there's taped areas on the floor, there's taped areas on the bar, um, which are getting wiped down. So it's, um, but it's, it's good that we're home, you know, um, they were so happy to be moving. And, um, as, as Molly said, you're not really a, a, a dancer if you're not dancing. And so we, um, we, we were able to come back into the studio and, and get together a little summer performance that was, we had to put on hold when our spring show was canceled. So we, we put four pieces, no, rather three pieces back up on the stage at the Manship Theater and um, no one was in the audience. All the dancers wore masks and we filmed everything and just made it available by a video link. So that was the first thing that we did when we got back back home in the studio. And um, so so now we're working on our, our next virtual performance and rehearsals have been underway. Um, we actually go into the Manship Theater to film it much like we did uh, over the summer um, with no audience and just the cameras and um, all the dancers in their masks, which, which changes a little bit of, of, of what you see, but, um, but you know, dancers are good at, at, at making their faces work at making their eyes work and conveying emotion and, and all those little, little shades of, of, uh, of, of degree through their bodies and through dance. So, um, so this, our upcoming show is going to be called Midnight Magic. It's, um, it's just in time for Halloween and it'll be available for a, a month's worth of viewing. Um, through a link that you can purchase and find on our website. It's all kind of the spooky type of dances with, with a couple of extra pieces thrown in there to kind of lighten the mood. I guess it's, okay. it's the day after midnight. And um, so, you know, so it's, it's going to be a beautiful show. We're excited that, they're, like you said, we're dancing again. Yes. But before we leave the Zoom thing, I just want to say that this whole Zoom culture that we have now with dance may be changing things forever because we're finding that uh, university auditions, auditions for professional companies, auditions for summer study, they like being able to audition people by Zoom. So um, this, it's cheaper for them, it's cheaper for the dancer. And um, yeah. so, so, you know, it's, it's staying on top of all of that. Also teaching the kids how to make videos so that they can submit for Zoom auditions. All of that's gonna be very important as we move forward. That's, it's funny you mentioned my daughter had to do a video tryout, you know, for her team. And so literally everything got moved out of my living room and it was turned into a production set. But what also came out of it, she was as well doing some of the Zoom, you know, classes. But what she found after she was kind of do some Zoom classes that she made this video and then she got to learn how to do the video, you know, as well. But then her and some of her friends started doing the Zoom and this was interesting. They would do the Zoom and they'd kind of do the class together and then they would record them. 
And then they would go back together and watch them and critique each other, you know, while they were going through and they could say, well, look, this is what you did. And it's like, you're kind of watching game film, you know, and you're doing right. this yourself. Right. So, right. right. It's um, interesting to see. I think, you know, I'm a business owner and so I have to be wired as, you know, an optimist on everything. You know, I believe the sun will come out, you know, again one day, but I think this is good that it's pushed a lot of these things. You know, it's no longer will I ever, I've used Zoom a long time, but no longer will I ever drive downtown Baton Rouge for a 15 minute meeting. You know, it's just not going to happen anymore. We'll do it on Zoom. Yeah, and it's enabled dancers to take classes from uh, from the Royal, you know, Danish Ballet or the Royal Ballet in London. And you can find classes from all over the world now. So that's, I took a class for San Francisco Ballet. You know, it's just, it has broadened our world. It really has um, in a ways that we weren't really expecting. And, and it can't, we had four, what do you have, five seniors going away to college to major in dance? And, you know, they couldn't stop dancing in March and then show up at the university in late August without having danced all that time to go into these major dance programs. So it's, it's allowed, you know, the world to keep moving and, and dance. Well, and that's, I've said, you know, I think it's great and actually watched it. It was on uh, TV the other day and it made me think of uh, the movie Goodwill Hunting. There's the scene where it's Robin Williams and Matt Damon, they're out on a park bench and he's talking to him and he's talking about, you know, how, you know, you could probably tell me everything about Michelangelo and the Sistine Chapel. You know, you think you know everything. He goes, but you really don't. You couldn't tell me what it smells like, you know, when you walk in, you know, to that theater. You've still got to experience life in real, you know, get out there, you know, and we'll we'll be out there. And it's, we can't all live on Zoom forever, but it does make it easier to, like you said, pick up a lesson. It allows us to do what we're doing right here. Normally, this would all be done sitting in a studio and, having to coordinate and get everybody together. But I actually did, um, there's a number of shows, I, I don't remember which ones, that I actually had COVID and double pneumonia at the same time and was doing the shows. There's a couple of guests that we ran through over the course of time that we just didn't tell anybody, but I just kind of powered through and did the show. So couldn't have done that. And, so. and, that, and that is a great thing about it. And yet there is nothing like a live performance. There is nothing like being alive. So we are looking forward to the day that that will be back and we can all be in the audience. And we're going to keep the dancers ready and the choreographers ready and everybody ready until that day comes. I saw, and this may not be as much in the ballet, maybe for you guys. And I don't know if you've seen this. If you remember, Google had the glasses mm -hmm. uh, that everybody you know, it's like, what is the practical use for this? I actually was reading an article not too long ago that they're starting to use them in the theaters for people that are hearing impaired to where when they wear the goggles as the actors and dancers are doing the thing, it's subtitles, you know, running across or little blurbs above their head of who said what. And so they're actually able to see and get the whole experience. And even though they can't necessarily hear and there's not someone to sign, they can read and, you know, see the performance. I was like, that is, Cool. That's an amazing way of technology. It is, yes. But like Christine said, even though you can't see our dancers' faces, their movement is saying all they need to, that needs to be said. They're saying it with movement. That's what dance is, a way to communicate with the whole body. So, That's awesome. So tell me a little more. Midnight, you know, magic. That's what's uh, coming up here in, what, 10 days? 
something uh, like that, two weeks, somewhere. Right, right. Next Wednesday, October 21st, it will be available. At, is that right? Did I get that right? <laughs> Next yes. Wednesday will be available. Days don't matter anymore. It's November 18th will be, it's, it's viewing um, month. And um, so that's our, our first upcoming. And then um, after that, we're, we're really, really excited about our, um, our, our virtual Nutcracker. You know, this is the year where the big productions are, are, are off the stage. Um, so our, our big, lavish Nutcracker with all the sets and, all the, and the symphony and all the people that go into making it, um, it, just, it just couldn't safely be done this year. So, so speaking of Zoom, we are doing our best to make it this, uh, our, what we're doing for Nutcracker this year is going to be really, really exciting and um, very uh, varied and, and um, interactive. So it's a three-part series called the Nutcracker Suites. Um, the first one, they, and they each kind of have a different theme. The first one is called Cookies with Clara. The second one is called Ballet and Bonbons. And the third one is the Sugar Plum Soiree. So each one is on a Sunday. Um, November 15th is our first one at two o'clock. And then there's the next one is November 29th, at, always at two o'clock. And then December thir uh, 13th is our last show. Um, so in each performance, there will be um, a storyteller that kind of weaves the story of the Nutcracker. And, and then we will show um, some of our performers from this year dancing in studio that we've recorded. Um, so they'll be in costume and lit with the, with the backdrop, but, um, and, and it will kind of tell the story of each, of each uh, act. And um, so Cookies with Clara will show Clara and her dances, and then the audience will get to learn those dances and they'll get to dance along. And after we have this interactive, you learn, I, I mean, I, I teach, you learn, we dance together, then we'll, we'll switch back and, um, and have some crafting and treats. And you know that um, most of the dances in the second act correspond with a candy or a sweet or maybe something to drink. So in our second episode, the, um, the, the, we'll, for, we'll show the, the bonbons and we'll show the Spanish dancers and the cooks that kind of bring those dances in. And, and that will enable kids to, um, to learn those dances. And those are more of the, the typical children's roles. And, um, and so for ballet and bonbons, we'll have crafting for that as well. And, um, and then everyone will get to share some delicious chocolatey sweets called um, the Raw Sugar Toffee Company is helping to, to, to um, su support us there. So we'll have milk chocolate and dark chocolate and white chocolate toffee all for sampling. And, um, and the last episode is, is the big ground finale. We're gonna have our Sugar Plum Fairy from last year join us from Colorado. And she'll teach everyone her dance, the sugar plum, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. And um, and after that, we will all like create this decorated point shoe together. So it's just a beautiful point shoe that uh, we had. You know, we're a ballet studio. There's always point shoes lying about. We have a hundred point shoes that uh, we have available for crafting. And I know we can find more if we need them. So um, flowered and painted. So all of these things, kids will be able to join in, in, in learning and dancing, and it's the actual choreography from the Nutcracker. And with each um, episode, they'll be able to watch um, clips from previous performances. So it'll be, um, 
it'll be as real deal as possible. And I, and I'm telling everyone it'll really help your child in their auditions for next year. So, um, so we want people to be ready for next year and really excited to start our, our big production when it's back on the stage. And can I just say, Christine has come up with most of this, but everyone has helped. We're a really creative group. I'm really grateful to Christine for doing this. Um, and the, the name of it, I don't know how many of our listeners are aware, but there's something called the Nutcracker Suite, S-U-I-T-E. It's a particular set of, of pieces of music from the Nutcracker. And for many years as we've been doing the Nutcracker, people always go, oh, y'all are doing the Nutcracker Suite. And I always say, no, we're not doing the Nutcracker Suite. We're doing the Nutcracker. We're doing all the music from the Nutcracker, not just the Nutcracker Suite. But now we're doing the Nutcracker Suites, S-W-E-E-T-S, because the second act does take place in the kingdom of the Suites. So we're finally getting to use that word. After all these years of my batting down people for saying we were doing Nutcracker Suite, I can finally say we're doing the Nutcracker Suites. Because as Christine mentioned, the, the different dances in the second act refer to different suites. Like Spanish is chocolate. That's why we're having chocolates when we, when we do Spanish and so forth. So um, that's where some of those names came from. But it has been so much fun coming up with these ideas and putting this together. We think it's going to be a lot of fun for the area children, and even if you're not in the area. Right. If you're so not in the people... area, there's, there's, wait, there's a special way if you're not in the area and would still like to participate, Christine. Yeah, we're, we're calling uh, our community engagement program, Share Your Suites. So if you live out of town, I spoke with a gentleman yesterday who's going to buy for his uh, grandchildren in Greece. So they'll receive the links in Greece and he'll donate those treat and craft packages to um, some deserving organizations here in Baton Rouge. We've paired with um, Big Buddy in the past and um, Youth family services and, and life of a single mom. So we hope to get back together with them again and be able to provide um, some of the, the, the treat and craft packages for each of these um, episodes. And that's kind of how, that's how, kind of how this is organized. Um, prior to the event, um, the, there's a treat and craft package for each episode. So if you're just um, coming to one of the shows, you can pick up your package the week before. Um, if you're coming to all three shows, then you can pick up your treat and craft package the week before it all begins. And you'll have everything ready to go for the whole month, basically, of dancing. So how does that, is that, are they going to go online to the website or do they need to come by, you know, and you know, buy the ticket or is it done, you're doing all of it online and then they pick up the boxes, they come by, you know, you guys are off blue bonnet, if I remember right, Very kind of behind Rubachers. Is that right? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. The link, you can buy the link. You can find out more information on our website, um, Baton Rouge Ballet.org. And, um, and so you can go there and that will bring you to our ticketing site. And you have all the options of, of, of different ways to purchase. And if you want to buy for five kids, you can buy different, you can buy additional treat packages so everybody can participate. But yeah, so that's purchased online and, and you, you're correct. You have to, you would come to the Baton Rouge Ballet office to pick up all of the, the supplies that you would need. Okay. Yeah. So if you take that, um, and I guess, you know, families could, 
you know, if you have your Apple TV or your Chromecast, whatever it is, and, you know, stream that over to the TV and pile everybody around in the living room, you know, is the plan and get everybody, you know, like we did before, push the couch out of the way, you know, and make, you know, an experience out of it where we're not just sitting on a couch, you know, have fun with it. And some of our families are already talking about they're going to have a cookies with Clara party, invite all the neighbors and have, you know, a big gathering and um, get dressed up or, um, and, you know, and, and everyone will have um, enough cookies to share. And so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're, um, we're really, really excited about it. Wow. So then that's not too long. That's not far away. You've got a lot going on, you know, between the midnight, you know, magic and this, this is a lot of moving parts and on a crunch time, you yes. know, right now. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it it's, is. We live in the, uh, I sat with some of our team the other day and you guys are probably living in the same world. You know, when we do, you know, some of our public or all of our publications, we're so far ahead. Like we're, we're, it's Christmas time for us. You know, I told him at the office the other day, I'm like, you need to decorate the office in Christmas so people don't forget. You can go do all this Halloween stuff at home, you know, but when you're here, we're focused on Christmas, you know, right now. That's how far ahead. And it's, you guys are saying, but we're all having to plan. And then you got normal life happening in the middle of all of it. So. And it's all different. So cre- creatively, it's, um, it's, been, it's been exciting and fun and a little scary because it's, it's new. Um, and mm-hmm. you kind of put something out that's new and you, you, you hope the community is excited about it too, uh, as, as excited as we are. But, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of like, it, it gets your brain working again in different ways. Right, Molly? <laughs> right. And, and you know, one of the things that, that helps us so much is we have an incredible staff. In addition to Christine and the other two wonderful people who work in the office, we have a great artistic staff. I am not the only artistic director. I am artistic director with Sharon Matthews. And we, the, everyone is helping so much, including uh, volunteers. The Ballet, Banners Valley Theater Guild is an organization of mostly mothers, but not altogether just mo- mothers. Occasionally we have dads in there uh, and, and people who don't have children, but um, they do so much to volunteer for the organization. And especially when we're doing Nutcracker, it couldn't be done without them because we don't have the funds to hire the kind of staff that would be necessary backstage. So they are not busy having to figure out Nutcracker this year and commit to that. So they are eager to help with these things. So we are, we are very lucky. It, this is a, a, a long-standing organization and we have a, a, a lot of support that has grown up over the years. I talked, um, I can imagine the workload. My, my daughter was actually in the Nutcracker year before last. So well, what was she? She was a, there's a picture, if I remember, a <laughs> cherub, cherub. I cherub, think. Is that, oh, good. Does that sound right? Yes, it does. White wig, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was her. And so, and then they wanted her to come back and do some stuff. But I think we were going to be out of town last year. So she had to miss it, but she's going to try out again. But I was talking with another group that, so where I'm going with this is I know the level of you know, work that it takes to put those productions on. And I won't call them out who told me this, but one group told me they were said, it's so crazy, but we're so thankful. We, we get an excuse this year. We don't have to go through all of that. We'll, you know, we'll pivot. We'll do the other thing. They're like, we're doing all the online, but they were like, between us, it's, it's a break. We've been doing this forever. It's so nice to have a break. You know, it's bittersweet. So. When your daughter did it, was it in the theater or was it in the arena? In the, uh, the theater. 
So it, yes, because her dance went and ended up going into the arena, but the actual, when we did the ballet, because I actually got to come, uh, Christina, I think you had me in the uh, champagne, you know, the little champagne toast. I think we did that there and that was up a couple steps. So yeah, it was over there in the theater. So. Well, the reason I brought that up was because, um, you know, we hope that the theater we will be back in the theater when we, when we uh, come back. Not doing it this year, uh, we skip a year that would have been in the arena. So we're really looking forward to a triumphant return to the uh, <laughs> River Center Theater in uh, December of 2021. Well, that's you could probably say that's a blessing because everybody I've known that's had that's done events in the theater and had to move them, you know, over into the arena has said. It's not just physically walking to a, it's completely retooling the lighting, the stage, you know, every, it's a complete, it's like you're doing a production, you know, from scratch. So. Well, financially, it's a, it's a huge thing because you have to bring in a stage and bring in lighting and rigging and sound and everything. So it's, uh, we actually enjoyed being backstage in the arena because we had so much room, but yeah. That might not have been the audience's experience. So, and we certainly the financial commitment was huge. Yeah, as actually kind of devastating. So, yeah. so maybe, maybe this is a blessing. So. It is, and I think you know everybody. You know, we'll all we'll get through this, and I think it's amazing just to see how everyone's innovative and pulled these things together, and then how people have been you know accepting to where that's yes, we'll do classes, we'll do Zoom, we'll do these things, and so I think at the end of the day, it's. It's not, it's, not, it's not the worst place we could be, you know, but then again, I'm an optimist. So. Well, well, that's what we said in the beginning. You know, other generations were asked to, to, you know, fight in a world war or live through a depression. We were asked for a few months to sit on our sofas and watch television. We, yeah. you know, now we, we can do this. We can do this. And yes, we're a creative group, but everyone's creative. Everyone's finding ways to deal with things. I remember absolutely vividly when it, it must have been just maybe a week into like the complete shutdown, you know, just whenever, you know, all of it was shut. I remember, you know, poured a drink, going out on my back patio and just sitting there going, is this really happening? And I was like, I'm going to pick up, I was like, I'm going to call my grandfather and ask him, you know, if he's got any advice. And I was like, wait a minute, no one's lived through this. You know, no one's like, there's nothing. There's no, we're just going to have to do this. And I remember just sitting there that evening, just going, this is crazy. I can't believe it's happening. You know, and then you just started seeing, you know, it was the, you talked to, you know, Zoom fatigue. I think I got webinar fatigue, you know, within like two weeks. I could only, I couldn't handle any more webinars, but it's amazing to see how, if we would have said, you know, in January, you know, hey, do you think you should do uh, classes on Zoom? It would have been like, yeah. yeah, no, they can come here. You know, that's not, we're not really, you know, technology's great, but no, we're not into that, you know. But look, and it's worked. So, and it could be something down the road. It might be that, you know, you've got people that are traveling and families moving around and they might like, you know, the company and want to stay there with you guys and they potentially have the opportunity. So, well, well, so we it sounds. We do have to say we're 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 lucky that we're here. The the people that my heart goes out to are the professional dancers, musicians, 
uh, actors who, who, you know, they can come home and take class and do that sort of thing, but they, they don't have jobs. And, and mm -hmm. we don't know when people are going to go back to the theater at that level. You know, mm -hmm. the ballet is used to not covering its costs with the performance. But on Broadway, you have to cover your costs with the, with the ticket sales. So, um, you know, my, my heart goes out to you. My best wishes go to those, those people who have built their lives around making a professional career. And who, it, who knows when they'll be able to get back to it, especially in, in places like Broadway. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I didn't think of that one. Well, what, you know, we all, I kind of always towards the end, you know, tell everybody, you know, it's this name of the show, What's What, you know, VR, is it, you know, what is it if we could get the message out? What is it you want people to know? I know we need to get them, we need to move some tickets for, you know, the midnight, you know, magic. We need to get, you know, the Nutcracker sweeps, you know, get out there, you know, tell somebody. It doesn't, just because the original event isn't happening, you know, don't skip it. You know, this is an experience in itself here that you can say, I remember when we had this, you know, do dance in the living room that year, you know. <laughs> right. You know, when I, I used to uh, teach at Scotlandville High School, and I, for a while I taught a fine arts survey class where you were teaching people about the arts. And, and they certainly, everyone knew about what you could see on television, what you could see live in the theater. But what no one ever teaches you about is community arts organizations and how do they survive and what they need to survive. Some people learn that when they're young, but most people are never, they don't learn that. They think, well, of course I bought a ticket. So that, that pays for this. They don't understand that everybody needs donors. Everybody needs um, corporate um, supporters. Um, if, if you want your city to be a great city, it needs to have a great city, a great symphony, a great opera, a great ballet company. And those things are not going to happen unless people are willing to support them. In Europe, they happen because of public support. In, in Asia, they happen because of, I mean, I mean, governmental support. And in Asia, that happens. I have had friends who have worked in companies in Europe at leadership areas, and they, they they couldn't do that in the United States because they say all you do in the United States is try to raise money. Whereas in, that money comes from in, sometimes from the government and other places. I'm not saying that it should. I'm saying that if we want it, then those of us who can, and not all of us can, I always say, I've worked all my life in the arts and in education. I can't support everybody. But some people can, and they need to know that community arts organizations to exist need individual support individuals if you want your city to have these things it's not going to support itself like LSU football and these dancers who commit their lives to it are not going to get out and make millions of dollars like in football people are doing it for the love of the art and if the community values that we hope that they will support it and that's support it isn't you know and I'll just say it. it's so you don't have to if you kind of hit it, it's not buy the ticket, go see the show or buy, you know, a, you know, a season pass, you know, it's making some donations, you know, maybe it's even if you can't do that, maybe it's helping with some time, you know, that you can, there's different areas. It's people don't realize, and I've talked about this on another show, um, the 
nonprofit community, the amount of work that's done by these organizations, you know, what you guys are doing, what everyone's doing, it has a huge effect inside of our community and people don't see it. And they just think that it just happens a lot of times. And so, and it doesn't take much. There's a huge city. If we can get more people involved and just say, Hey, we just need more people to help a little, then we don't need a lot of people, you know, or we don't need a small amount to help a lot. You know, I think it would be a much, it's, it's education. It's letting people know like what we're doing here. Hopefully, you know, people are listening, you know, go pick up, you know, some extra, you know, candy, you know, packets, get some family together, you know, watch the show, but then find out how you can get involved, find out how you can help. You know, I can tell you from personal experience, it's a lot, you know, going on when I ran my daughter through it, you know, it's running the roads, getting them in the costumes, the setting, everything up. There's a lot, you know, that there very rarely do I see people not looking, you know, for help. And so if you can right. help. It's the, to remember, if you buy a ticket to a rock concert or a Broadway show, you're paying a huge amount for that ticket, and it's paying for that event. Event. If you buy a ticket to the Nutcracker or the Symphony, you're paying a, a smidgen of that because mm -hmm. we would have, we, you know, we, we're trying to get the arts to people. So that they're not, it's not just the exclusive um, something for just the wealthy. We're trying to get the arts out to everyone. And that you can't charge $200 a ticket like you can on Broadway or you can to a rock concert. We, we charge reasonable amounts and we hope that the community will see the value and want to become donors. Well, tell me this on that, you know, Kristen, do you, do you guys have spots open if somebody wants to come? you know, dance at the, uh, the work, was it the dancers workshop or, you know, is there still room, I guess, because I can tell you, you can't see it, but I've got a, like a walkway, a breezeway, you know, kind of connecting the house. When my daughter's here, it is nothing. It's just leaps, you know, through, you know, this thing, she doesn't walk anywhere. It's either leaping or cartwheeling, you know, through. And so, you know, is there room, you know, for more? Needed the, for the community dancers to participate in the Nutcracker suites is, or are you talking about? No, no, no. For like the classes that you're talking oh, about that you have in. Yeah, we do have room still in some levels. Um, I think some are closed because of size restraints, but, but yeah, we're always welcoming new students um, to the, mm -hmm. the work. Like Molly said, the dancers workshop is the feeder school for BRBT and um, it, it really provides most of the, our company dancers. So um right. That's kind of how we, with the engine that, that gets it going and keeps it rolling. And, um, and we, we can't do it without new dancers. So, so yeah, as uh, we want those leapers, the people that are, rather than um, sitting at home, they're tapping their feet while, you know, in the Zoom class. They're the movers. We want those folks. Um, yeah, I'll have to, when we're done with the show, I'll get some information from you on how I can, you know, get her there. Well, we, we hope to make it back to the manship stage in the spring in uh, March, we do hope to make it back there with a full length production of Capalia. So that's, mm. that's on tap. But first we're gonna get through our, our Midnight Magic and our uh, Nutcracker Suites. So. That's, we'll have to find out what's going on over there. I know John over there, I'll have to give him a call. And he can give us an update on how they're doing. <laughs> so I think that's- well, We're all in the same boat right now, waiting for people to, not, not just, to be able to come back because of what whatever phase we're in, but to feel safe coming back. Uh, it's funny you mentioned it. I told that to somebody the other day. I said, I don't think 
I think we're at a point now where this has kind of been – it's enough people know about it. Even if you just flipped the switch and said, you know, we're going – you know, we're wide open again. I think you've still got a lot of pause and a lot of hesitation. And unfortunately for what, you know, you're talking about here, you know, this isn't, you know, just a business open up, run in, run out. You know, it's lots of people. It's in a theater. Like you said, it's the, not making money on the ticket. Selling less tickets isn't going to help the problem, you know, at all. So it's – um. Hopefully we can, hopefully this will engage some people to help and, you know, get the word out. I think it will, hopefully we'll get that for you. If there's anything else we can do, let us know for sure. Thank so. you so much. That means so much. We really, we really appreciate this time. Right. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you guys.